and this is what we're nerding out about this week. Hey nerds, hello from the smoke-filled state known as Oregon. Um, I am currently safely inside my house at the time that we're recording this, which is uh, September 13th. We are in the middle of pretty devastating fire situation here on the West Coast. So for any listeners that are in Washington, California, Oregon, any of those, um, definitely sending my sympathy and good vibes to you as well. Here's hoping that we'll be out of, out of this crazy year soon in general, but <laughs> it's only <laughs> September. <laughs> it's only September, but here's hoping that things are going to be better from here on out. But um, in the meantime, it yet again gives us an opportunity to put some more content together, um, especially when we can't already can't go to the movies or do any of this stuff. <laughs> so I'm more trapped in... I'm trapped in more ways than I usually am in 2020 at the moment. But the nice thing is we do live in 2020 where Zoom and um, those kind of things exist. So we can still do this podcast. Yeah. I think a weird thing I realized the other day is we were supposed to be at Rose City Comic Con this weekend. This would be the last day of Rose City Comic Con today. Which yeah. is a a definite bummer. I miss them. I miss that experience. I know they've done some digital content with Epic Quest throughout this week, which was cool. But I'm definitely looking forward to being at this point next year and being like, oh, thank goodness we made it through that. Now we're back at Comic Con, <laughs> or things are normal. Yeah, I didn't think I would miss like something with a lot of people so much mm-hmm. because I'm very introverted. I like being home, but I, I miss comic cons. I mean, I haven't been to one since 2017, but I was supposed to go this year. So, you know, I was hyped for like, it. we decided last year, like in September, 2019, okay, I'm coming in 2020. So I've been looking forward to it for a year and it is actually hitting a little bit. I'm not in like, this room full of a lot of other really nerdy people who are just having the best time of their lives. Yeah. And everybody at Rose city and just in, in Portland in a lot of ways, but just, it really shows up at Rose city comic con every year is that everybody is so accepting. So welcoming. So happy to be there. It's just a really great experience in general. So definitely looking forward to that next year as a a light at the end of this tunnel. (laughs) Yeah, we had some costumes planned, which we will do next year. Yes, we will still do them. We'll figure it out. But (laughs) whenever the next Rose City Comic Con happens, I will be there and we will have our great little nifty costumes that we planned. Yes. (laughs) And it'll be great. We'll keep them secret for now, but they will happen. Yes, there's also one that Ryan told me he would wear if I made for him. So I'm going to make it. Yes, we're going to do it. For whenever it happens. Yes. Well, beyond that next year, before we get into today's topic, there are a couple of just quick little update things. Um, There's actually content moving and happening and still getting rescheduled, of course, in the nerd world. But there were a few things that we wanted to do quick updates on. Um, The first, if you are a longtime listener of this podcast, whatever that means, you know, for the (laughs) little bit that we've had this podcast, um, (laughs) You will probably be aware (laughs) that 
neither of us are up to date on Walking Dead. We did give up on that show around the time that, spoiler, Glenn died. Um, but we did see a bit of news this last week that actually might make me interested enough to get all the way caught up on that show. Um, Walking Dead is officially ending in 2022. It is actually wrapping up. There is an end date in sight um, for at least the the main storyline of that. But there are a couple spinoffs in play, including an anthology-type series and one about Daryl and Carol, which is what is going to make me catch up on this show. Um, because (laughs) Daryl and Carol were the thing that kept me watching it as long as I did. And they were the thing that I actually missed about giving up the show. Yeah. uh, I mean, the same boat where Daryl and Carol were the thing that I missed when I decided to stop watching Walking Dead. And the articles (laughs) I read about (laughs) this release of this new show was they kind of got the idea from... I mean, this happened after I stopped walking, watching Walking Dead. But I guess Daryl and Carol joke about, oh, we should just get on your motorcycle and ride off into the sunset and leave all this behind. So I'm actually kind of really hap- hoping that's how this series, the main series ends. Um, I did see some complaints that this is now like plot armor. Like everyone knows Daryl and Carol are not going to die or nothing major is going to happen to them in the main series because obviously they have a spin-off series now mm-hmm. but honestly i don't think i'm going to catch up on it i might just read recaps and then maybe watch <laughs> the final episode <laughs> but i will i will honestly give the daryl and carol spin-off series a try i will too and uh, and the the anthology one actually sounds pretty good too like i think <clears throat> more like a yeah one each episode is a single story, I think might work for a zombie story more at this point. Yeah. I honestly, there were several points back in the early days of Walking Dead that I kind of thought an anthology type series would have worked better from the jump. But, you know, there there were some things I really did love about Walking Dead. Um, and for me, mm-hmm. the frustration got to be too much, got to be greater than the stuff I was enjoying, which is why I quit watching. But this could get me looped back into this world uh another thing that happened recently was the avengers ps4 game came out which i think i've mentioned before and i was very excited about it but it came out i actually kind of forgot about it (laughs) and then normally i take reviews with a grain of salt and i kind of ultimately decide you know is this i kind of in reviews i kind of focus on what they say about the gameplay and the story itself, and then decide from that, not necessarily what that review thinks of it, if I want to play it or not. And the Avengers ones were just not good. Mm. Like, there was just a lot of complaints about, like, it's really clunky, it doesn't flow well, uh, it's trying to pander to everyone, and that, you know, when anything tries to pander to, like, every human in existence that might ever play this game... It doesn't work. That usually makes for a bad game. Yeah. Mm. So I'm hesitant about buying it. It came out a month ago and I haven't done it. I finished Final Fantasy VII. So I was like in perfect, you know, in a perfect position to start a new long game. 
and instead I bought Sims expansion packs, <laughs> <laughs> which have been really great. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just feels weird that I have been hyped about that for over a year, and it came out, and I just kind of thought, oh, this might actually not be what I want, and maybe I won't do it. I mean, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out in, like, what, November now? Something like that? Yes, I am going to get that one. I was going to say, you could just leave room for that and then come back to Avengers if you want to. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I am excited for Cyberpunk 2077. I think it's November 14th. I'm definitely getting that one. So, yeah, I guess that's my update on that. I didn't get it. We'll see if I ever actually do. I might not. You know, sometimes we can't do everything in the nerd world, right? Like, I mean, that, that kind of leads right into the next thing we have on here, which is the new trailer for Dune. Um, because Dune, both the book and the 1984 movie, are uh, media that I have not yet consumed. <laughs> it's one of those yes, things that I, <laughs> I have actually just never gotten around to. So there was a new... Um, a trailer, official trailer for Dune, the new version, came out this week. And what is the release date or anticipated release date? For the this? anticipated release date is December 18th. Uh, the trailer also specifically says in theaters only. So I feel like that's their way of saying we'll either release it like Tenet on December 18th and it's only going to be in theaters and what have you or that's their way of like a little disclaimer that we're not going to release this until we can do it in the theater yes until we feel like we can get our money's worth of people going to a movie theater as materialistic as that sounds but i mean that's what i mean i could see it being like tenant where it does release in theaters only and i'm very sad over here because I'm not currently in a position to go to a movie theater as much as I love them, but other countries are, and Tenet made a lot of movie, or a lot of money outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. So maybe Dune will do the same. Maybe they'll push it a year like a lot of other things have done and see, like, we'll see what 2021 looks like. Yeah. And, yeah. Our movie theaters here aren't even open. Even the ones, you know, like the Regals that we usually go to, I know Regal Cinemas as a company reopened at the end of August, but ours here have not. Um, I'm assuming that's because in Oregon, our, um, the current phase we're in, before all the wildfires and all this other stuff, um, was that I think there was a cap on gyms, movie theaters, things like that for just 100 people in the building at any given time, including your staff. So... For a large movie theater, that's impossible. There, there's really just no way they could do that, you know, and make it make sense. So I haven't even, I wouldn't have even had the opportunity to see Tenant. <laughs> so that that definitely makes me a little bit bummed out. But the eternal optimist in me wants to believe that by December 18th, I could be in a movie theater and feel okay about it. But all that to say... That's because this trailer looks pretty cool and there's like 18,000 people in it. <laughs> so, yeah, I looked up the plot of Dune because <laughs> obviously I've heard of it. I know there's sandworms and that's about it. But this trailer looks so good and everyone in it, I was like, oh, these are all people that I will see whatever they're in. 
Yes. Like Zendaya, I will watch anything she's in. I don't Literally care anything. <laughs> yeah, Dave Bautista, Jason Momoa, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. There we go. I don't want to say that incorrectly. Um, I mean, all these people. And there's um, Oscar Isaacs. Just all kinds of wonderful people. So Yeah, I actually just added Dune to my Goodreads. And maybe I'll read it before it comes out. Yeah, I mean, you've got plenty of time for that. So I'll see if I've if it's at the library. A movie I was being very optimistic that I was going to get to see in theaters this fall. Um, and now it's definitely not happening this fall is Candyman. And I am bummed that they have decided to move the release to next year, but also completely understanding. Um, and the reasoning for the move, one... Again, they've got to recoup the money they put into making this film. Otherwise, you know, it's it's art and it's business. <laughs> they've got to make money for this yeah. to make sense. Um, I also really, really, really want this film to make money and do well. Um, but they are going to be releasing it next year. And a big part of the reasoning was that, as the director said, she made this film to be viewed as a collective experience in a movie theater. And... This brought up um, an interesting topic for us that we're going to do a separate podcast on about the um, the place movie theaters have in a digital world because I know a lot of people think they're dying um, thanks to coronavirus. I know some of the smaller chains and probably local movie theaters are going to be gone, unfortunately. But both of us have felt like movie theaters really have a place and I think this really speaks to it too, that she wants people to experience this as a group even if it's a group of strangers and go through the trauma, the grief, the emotions and all of that together, which also makes it sound like this movie's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a lot to sit through, but again, please go see it, go support black directed, black led films. So I really hope this is going to be um, the best decision for them in terms of how well the movie does. But I really, I know on the, the downside for a lot of these movies that have had to postpone, it's going to really up the expectations just because people aren't going to be really excited to see it. Not that I don't think Candyman's going to live up to expectations, but it just, they're, they're going to have that extra thing to play with. So definitely go support it and definitely support movie theaters. Put a pin in that topic. We'll come back to it in another episode. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have, Candyman does not have a new hard set in stone release date i think they're probably you know they're looking at 2021 they got to figure out where other big releases have already been moved and how to slot in there because i mean just to throw out one halloween got moved to october 2021 so you don't want to i think Candyman is just as big and as important as halloween but you don't also want to compete with halloween yeah you don't want to divide you don't wanna... people's dollars either so right Right, you want people that will go to both. I will say, I actually got the guts to watch the original Candyman by myself a few weeks ago, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, it made me really excited to see this uh, next one coming out. It's not exactly, a, it's not a remake. It's a continuation. Mm -hmm. Like there's uh, actors and actresses from the first one that are listed in this one. And it's set in 2020, 2021, whenever. It's set in current times, the one that's coming out. 
and it will connect to the original. And I think it'll be really great. Um, one thing I'm excited about is while I was looking into Candyman because I looked into a lot before I watched the first one because I wanted to know how scary it was. Uh, the story of Candyman is a very black story and as good as the first movie was, it was about a white woman. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see it about a black man as the center. <laughs> yes. Like I'm not saying the first one was racist or anything like that, but the main character was white. Yeah. It was still centered in a lot of ways in whiteness. Um, and this movie is an opportunity to more fully explore the black experience, black art, black creation, all of this, and the way it should be without having to center it in a white person's experience. So it sounds like it'll be kind of like what they did with the, the new Halloween that came out a couple years ago. And now we have to wait for Halloween kills for next year, but where it's a continuation, it's not a remake. There are threads that carry over. So, yeah, I'm very interested because the main actress from the first one is listed in this new one. And I know you, you haven't seen the original, right? I've seen it, but it was a long time ago, so I do need to rewatch it. Oh, well, um, just to spoil it, I guess, she dies at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm very interested how she's in the next one. Yeah. Uh, because the first one ends where to summon Candyman to kill you, you say his name five times in the mirror. And at the end, um, Helen, I think her name was, has died. She died saving a baby. And her husband, who was a complete ass and cheated on her with like, you know, the typical college professor storyline, he cheated on her with one of his students. Yes. (laughs) And he, you know, she's died and he's living with his little student that he was living with when his wife was in the mental hospital and he's all you know he's all distraught oh boohoo helen's dead and he goes in the bathroom and says her name five times into the mirror and she appears and is like haha bitch and kills him and that's the end (laughs) that's the end of the first movie it's very satisfying actually because her husband was awful yeah Uh, so i'm just i'm curious how she'll be in the next one <laughs> yeah that's that is fascinating i'm definitely gonna now i have even more time to rewatch it of course but we are officially in spooky season so i can watch it now I, you can watch it anytime but it feels even more appropriate to watch it now um so we'll be talking about that probably um again as soon as we have a official release date but i feel like at this point that movie is going to deserve its own podcast episode once we finally get to watch it so Yes, I think so. (laughs) Uh, The other major thing I want to talk about that's happened recently is Lovecraft Country premiered on HBO. Uh, At the time of this recording, I've watched the first two episodes, so I'm a couple episodes behind. Uh, But I just want to say it has lived up to all the expectations I had before it coming out. Uh, It's creepy, but for someone like me who has trouble with horror things, I can still sleep at night. <laughs> and um, it's just really cool how H.P. Lovecraft wrote some great monsters, but he was also very racist. And in the first episode, they bring that right up. Like the main character and his uncle are talking about how he read these Lovecraft 
novels and stories when he was younger he loved them and they talk about a story or poem Lovecraft wrote that is 100% real that's like I don't remember the name of it and I don't want to say the name of it because it has the n-word in it <laughs> but it's extremely racist it's awful like it's basically attuning black people to the monsters he writes mm-hmm. uh, so this show is kind of about how like it honors those monsters place in the culture but also like takes them back mm-hmm. uh, and the most horrifying part of the show so far I've seen is the racism and it should honestly scare you more than the monsters do because it's it's done very well and you know it's not it's not an exaggeration like this mm-hmm. is still what happens to people to black people in 2020 and that's a very important part of it Uh, But it's incredibly good. All the actors in it are amazing. And I just finished the second episode. And what I thought was going to be like the whole plot for the whole season is already over. So I don't know where we're going, but I am (laughs) excited to be there. (laughs) Was this kind of like when we watched uh, American Horror Story Freak Show and we got four episodes into Halloween and I was like, uh, okay, Twisty's gone? Yes. (laughs) We got like nine more episodes. Yes, I don't want to. I really want you to watch it, and I don't want to spoil this particular thing for you. But it's a two. It's akin to Twisty is gone. Oh, (laughs) I thought Twisty was our villain, and Twisty was not the villain. (laughs) More, yeah. Twisty was not the villain, and now I'm upset over Twisty being gone, and I'm kind of sad. Yeah, so (laughs) not my favorite season of American Horror Story. But which side note? I haven't watched American Horror Story 1987. I need to do that. 1987 was that last year's yeah oh i haven't watched it since freak show i guess <laughs> no you you watched roanoke with me oh yeah we watched roanoke that was the last one i watched yes which actually we i just realized i don't have this on here but this is a good segue into what our official segment is i can't believe i didn't put this on here So we thought it would be fun to do some kind of like rapid fire discussion of unpopular opinions in the nerd world. Um, We have a list of popular opinions from the internet, and then we have some of our own individual unpopular opinions. So what we'll do in this first part is go through popular opinions from the internet, and we will say if we agree or disagree, and then only have like 30 seconds to discuss each, because otherwise we could be here all day, friends. This would (laughs) be a long podcast. And then for our individual opinions, I think we'll go through them and do a, uh, maybe we can alternate and we can each say, this is what my opinion is and why in like a single statement. And then the other person can just say whether they agree or disagree. But to tie it back to American Horror Story Roanoke, I'll, I'll actually make an official addition to our popular opinions from the internet list. Popular opinion from the internet says that Roanoke is one of the worst seasons of American Horror Story. And I will just come out right now and say, that is horseshit. (laughs) (laughs) Roanoke was one of my favorite seasons of that show. Coven being my absolute favorite. I did enjoy Apocalypse because it was basically Coven Part 2. I actually did enjoy Cult when I finally watched it more than I did. But dang it, I liked Roanoke. I liked the plot. I thought it made um, Ryan Murphy's, you know, constant like ADD with everything actually work in a lot of ways. 
And there were some legitimately disturbing, terrifying, scary images in Roanoke for me. Yeah. Uh, so the internet opinion is Roanoke is the worst? Is one of the worst. Uh, I will disagree. I haven't seen past Roanoke, but from what the seasons I have seen, I would say Roanoke's one of the best. I also think an internet opinion is Asylum is the best. I will disagree. I think Asylum is the worst season. <laughs> I, I, my favorite, I did like moments in Asylum. My favorite part of Asylum was actually those like last two or three episodes that involved the aliens. I would have rather watched a whole season about that. But <laughs> that's the yeah. thing with Ryan Murphy is that um, he puts so much in every season. And in some, some factors, that really works. And just like his bizarre let's bounce all over the place sometimes can be a really fun ride. And sometimes for me, I just get bored. Like, I'm like, what? That, that's what happened to me with Hotel. I did give up on Hotel. I also um, gave up on Hotel. Which a Hotel I would have thought was going to be my favorite just from the initial premise. But dang it, I will, I will die on this hill that Roanoke is one of the best seasons he's done. I will with you as well. I think Ryan Murphy just has really great ideas and like his synopsis is before seasons. I'm like, oh, this sounds awesome. Yeah. And then sometimes it's Asylum and I think that's the worst. Yeah. I think it's more bad than Freak Show. But I will, I will give Ryan Murphy at the end of the day, he is willing to stick by his ideas and try a bunch of random stuff and just roll with it. And, you know, I can't fault you for that. So yeah, sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. Yes. And obviously, with us versus the internet on this one, certain things stick with some people and certain things don't. <laughs> yeah. So I think we already broke our 30-second rule, so we'll try <laughs> for the next one. So what's our next one? Uh, our next one, popular opinion from the internet, the Game of Thrones ending was bad. Agree or disagree? That's hard, because I'm really middle of the road. I think I would ultimately land on disagree with some things that I absolutely loved and really much enjoyed happening in the ending. Yeah, I purposely put this one on it because it was so hard for me. I'm going to go opposite and say agree. Mm -hmm. Even though there's so many things about the ending I did love, like Sansa, uh, eventually Arya. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I did like that John went off with the wildlings but the main plot of who sat the Iron Throne and how we got there, was I a, agree, was bad. Was a want, want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the other side, Breaking Bad ending was good. Agree or disagree? Full agree. Probably the best series ending I've ever seen. Yes. It still 100%. stands up. <laughs> One of the best series of television period in the history of American television. Yes, I, I, I still don't think I have seen a better series ending since then. Yeah, Sopranos fans might fight us on that, but I well, do. I haven't like seen Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the ending of Sopranos. I know it's very controversial because it cuts to black, and you don't know if that guy dies or not. Yes. Which honestly, I, I don't know. I haven't seen Sopranos, but it kind of sounds like that's a good ending to me because it's so unexpected and shocking. Yeah, because it worked for that, but. Yes, Breaking Bad, the ending of that show, beautiful. It was a masterpiece of a TV show. Yes, 
Uh, I know you have not seen the next show, but I know you know how it ends. Uh, Dexter is the worst TV ending ever. Agree or disagree? I'll agree just from being present for your sheer rage at watching that show. (laughs) (laughs) So I trust your opinion on that and will agree. Yes, I agree. Just like on the opposite side of the coin for Breaking Bad, I still have not seen a worse ending than Dexter. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes the internet will be like, oh, Game of Thrones ending is just as bad as Dexter. I disagree with that. Game of Thrones ending was better. Ending of Dexter was absolutely awful. <laughs> and currently our mother is watching Dexter and she's really loving it. And I'm like, oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, the problem is the first four seasons and maybe like the first part of season five are really good. Like they are worth watching. But I kind of want to tell people, watch the first four seasons, watch episode one of season five and pretend that's the end of the whole series and then (laughs) stop. Stop there. (laughs) Just stop. You don't need to see him become a lumberjack. It's, uh, and the the thing that hurts my soul is like several years after the showrunners were like, all right, you know what? You know what? We had a great ending planned where Dexter got caught and when he was sitting in the like lethal ejection chair, you know, there's like this weird room where people watch. Yeah, yeah. He looked up and in that room, he could see like everyone he'd killed. And like oh. his wife ended up getting killed because of him. He didn't kill her, but she got killed because of him being a serial killer. Yeah. And his sister and like all these big names that he'd killed and his father. Why didn't we do he that? He did not kill, but yeah isn't that a great ending and they said no we couldn't do it because showtime would not let us so this is showtime's fault (laughs) oh my gosh okay well that just adds to the disappointment honestly (laughs) it's been like six years since i finished that show and it still like comes out in a rage (laughs) (sighs) um next on the list rise of skywalker was bad agree or disagree uh disagree do I think it's the best Star Wars movie ever? No. Do I think it was bad? Also, no. This is, this is a tough one for me, too, because was my movie viewing experience good? Yes, it was. I enjoyed being in that movie theater and watching it. I liked, I was fine with the kiss. I had a good time watching this movie. Where I might ultimately lean to agree that it was bad is some of the implications when I sat with it after in terms of um, Finn and Rose really getting the shaft um, and the general like, oh, Palpatine, like out of nowhere, you know. (laughs) Just rising out of the ashes. (laughs) Yeah. The, the, who, who was this again? Palp? Okay. Mm, You know, whatever. Like maybe the, when you sit with it, I think the storytelling was crappy i think it was the story was crappy was the movie itself bad no and that was because they had a really good cast that somehow carried it that would be my final opinion on that (laughs) uh if there's something that you couldn't yeah i feel the same if there's something about it you couldn't quite place with this one and also the last jedi why it seemed kind of off uh John Boyega recently did an interview that pinpoints it like Finn and Rose and the POC 
characters got pushed to the side. Like Finn had a great story starting in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Like he wielded a lightsaber and then nothing happened for the next two movies. And I think that's part of the reason Rise of Skywalker has major issues. And also Rose, when she was introduced, great freaking story. Mm-hmm. Like I want to follow her. I want to see what happens to her. Again, pushed aside. Like she didn't even exist. Uh, so it's a very, I yeah, what you said, it was a great movie experience. I felt a lot of emotions. The actors were great. They all put in as much as they could. And there's parts of it that were like, like um, what's his name? Landor? Uh, uh, Lando Clarissian. Lando. Because <laughs> like you're Lando thinking of what we off. do in the shadows and you're thinking of Nandor. <laughs> Landor. <Yes. laughs> I'm also thinking of Land Insider, the dragon. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he shows up, great. The ex-stormtroopers, awesome. Yes. Like, I, I really want a miniseries about them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, I, I give it a soft disagree that it was bad. Yeah. It was a C-minus movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was passing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one, which it made me laugh when I saw you add this to our notes because I was going to add it, and then I went and you'd already added it. Frozen is overrated. Now, the thing with this on the internet is it's kind of a 50-50 split. So do you agree it's overrated or disagree? I would say in terms of Disney's library and uh, some of the other stuff, that's that it's against i would say yeah it is overrated because it's a little bit formulaic but again when you actually watch frozen it is a good movie it's a good time i think it's because i'm going to be forever bitter that i really wanted that type of passion to happen for princess and the frog um although because it was like the final movie they did in that style of animation we had our black princess who at the end of the film is the one bringing home the bacon. Her prince isn't doing diddly, although he's like gotten himself together. But then, you know, we do have the fact that we had a black princess. She spent most of the movie as a frog. That's a little bit problematic. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, but for Frozen, I do love the sister storyline. Dang it, the songs are catchy for a reason, but I didn't quite get as much of the, uh, the adoration (laughs) for it. The, yes. the the merchandising of it, I would say it's overrated for sure. I agree that it's overrated. I know a lot of that is driven by I worked at Disney World during the height of Frozen yes. Mania, and it was awful. Yeah. It was an awful time. <laughs> and I, it's not, I agree it's overrated, but it's not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. And I also have, I have a soft spot for sibling stories, especially sisters, obviously. Uh, but I remember getting so annoyed when people were like, oh, but it's so different because Disney never does things about sisters. Like, you are not giving Lilo like, and Stitch the yeah, credit it say, deserves. Lilo and Stitch! <laughs> yeah, that's Lilo not a romance movie. That's not a princess movie. That movie is about a sister connection. <laughs> yes. And it's a fantastic movie. Not overrated at all. No. Yes. Lilo and Stitch is probably underrated. Probably, honestly. The live-action Avatar was the worst movie ever. Agree or disagree? 
Agree. <laughs> That's the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> no, no disagreement for me on that. Um, I think the thing that, because, you know, I've seen other bad movies, although I'm pretty forgiving, but I think the thing that just makes it so bad is that it really was like a, how dare you? How dare you take that yeah. beloved piece of my childhood and make it trash? Like... <laughs> They don't even pronounce the main character's name oh right. Oh, my God. I know. Like, there's a whole TV show that showed you how to pronounce it, and you didn't <laughs> pronounce it right. Oh, it just, like, it cringes in my skin every time. It does. We better go to the it's next awful. one, because I can't even talk about it longer. <laughs> yeah. uh, next one, Nicolas Cage is a bad actor. Agree or disagree? Disagree. I will fight anyone with that opinion. I yes. will physically fight you over that. Um Nicholas Cage. I also disagree. <laughs> he is a brilliant actor. And you know what? He's doing his thing. And the Wicker Man that we all like to joke about with the bees and all of that. Was the movie itself maybe cheesy? Sure. Did that mean he was a bad actor? No. I will also fight people who don't think Robert Pattinson is a good actor. I'll put that oh, in there too. Yes. I almost put that one in here. But recently the Batman trailer came out. And all these people magically change their opinions. And yes. Like, oh, but I love Robert Pattinson. And he yes. looks like a great Batman. Like, we He's have been saying fantastic that actor. since he was casted. He is a great actor. Yeah. Nicolas Cage is great. If you, yes. I mean, watch Kick-Ass. Watch Mandy. Like, just, it, the man has range. And he, yeah, he plays people completely off their rocker frequently. But that's his thing. And he does it well. So. Yes. He likes doing it. Yes, he's completely. in a position where he he picks roles that he wants to do. Yeah, and, he and he's good he at it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Marvel universe is better than DC. Agree or disagree? So I based this one not off of the comics, but just off the movie series for both for Marvel and DC. And I agree, even though. <laughs> Wonder Woman is one of the best movies, like best superhero superhero movies I've ever seen. But in terms of like execution and flow and story, I agree that the Marvel Universe movies are better. Yes. If we're talking cinematic universe, 100% the MCU is better. DC has made some very promising shifts in the last couple Mm -hmm. years. Uh, Birds of Prey, A+. Go see that. Wonder Woman, a plus 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 times a thousand so i'm very optimistic for wonder woman 1984 very curious to see james gunn's the suicide squad hopefully next year yeah there's several dc movies coming out in the next couple of years hopefully that i'm actually excited to see and i haven't felt that in a long time mm-hmm. so hopefully that's a good shift in dc movies uh the next one is a kind of a fun little debate that's become a bigger debate every year. Uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Agree or disagree? Agree. That movie, nothing in that movie would have happened if they hadn't been having a Christmas party. Yes, so, yeah. I also agree. <laughs> it's set at a Christmas party. It's around Christmas. Uh, just like when people ask, is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? It's, it's a Christmas, Christmas movie, movie because it happens over Christmas. It starts yeah. November 1st. Halloween is over. <laughs> yeah. And if you, 
if you also even want to look at beyond just the time frame of something being a Christmas movie, both of these movies, if you really want to dig in there, it's easier to do with Nightmare versus Die Hard. They're about the spirit of Christmas and what that really yes. is, even in a secular <laughs> format. So, yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Fight me. <laughs> um, Stan Lee is playing the same character in all of his cameos in the MCU. Agree or disagree? I agree. I think it's a fun little theory. Uh, I think it fits. I think it, what one is it? Is it the Guardians of the Galaxy cameo or the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 cameo that he's talking to what's their faces on a planet and he's talking about his previous two. cameos. Yeah. I think that's number two. And I would agree as well. And I would also argue that he's honestly playing Stan Lee in every yes. single one. So, <laughs> uh, what's your favorite Stanley cameo, real quick? The Deadpool one. When yeah. he was the announcer at the strip club, which we learned at the year we got to see him at Rose City Comic Con that he was not actually in the strip club when he filmed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which he seemed very disappointed by. <laughs> I'm sure he was. <laughs> what's your favorite one? Uh, my favorite one, just for the pull the heartstrings factor, is the Into the Spider-Verse one. Yeah. Where he hands Miles the costume, I think. And he says, um, oh, Spider-Man, he's a very good friend of mine. Yeah. I just, I know it's because it happened, that movie came out after he passed, but that one just gets me in the heart. Yeah. Also, the homecoming cameo that only Ryan and I saw. Yeah, <laughs> no, one, no one else in the world saw but me, right? What, where you randomly crossed into an alternate reality. Yes, <laughs> we were blessed by Stan Lee. Yeah, he gave us a sign. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, the last popular internet opinion I just added because I just thought of it was Emperor's New Groove is underrated. Agree or disagree? I would agree because I feel like a lot of people I know forget that movie even exists, even though there was a TV show and all of that. Like, I feel like The Emperor's New Groove, along with a goofy movie, are at least in the top five, if not the top two movies that Disney has ever, like, done, period. So this is where we will split. And I will say <laughs> I disagree that it's an underrated movie because anytime you see people talk about Disney movies or underrated ones, there's always so much talk about Emperor's New Groove to the okay, point where I'm like, fair. it's not underrated. I think <laughs> if you're talking people, about it all the time. I don't think it's overrated. I think it's getting, I think it need. I think it deserves more park, Disney park recognition. Mm -hmm. But in terms of people loving it, I don't think it's underrated. I think it's getting the love it deserves. So maybe it's underrated by Disney. Yes, Disney itself underrates it. Fans, <laughs> fans I don't. don't. Do. That's fair. Well, that is our list of popular opinions from the internet. For the next ones, we have our own individual lists of opinions that we hold that are either debatable or unpopular opinions or commonly seen that way. So let's alternate between them. You give me your first one and just your very quick one sentence as to why, and I'll agree or disagree. Some of these. I, we might actually have to take a pass on because we either haven't playing, played or seen the thing. But So your first one. Yes. So the first one I know you have not played or seen. 
but my unpopular opinion is The Last of Us Part 2 is a beautiful story. It's a 10 out of 10. The switching between the two main characters and making you feel really conflicted about who's the villain. Am I the villain? Oh God, what is happening? I think is a perfect video game experience. The internet in general thinks it's awful. <laughs> thinks the game is awful. Thinks the story is awful. Uh, and I disagree. I think it's the game of 2020. Uh, there's other, I know there's other games that are going to come out that I still need to play, but for our 2020 year in review, The Last of Us Part Two is already my game of the year. I thought about that game. I still think about it. It's been months since I last seen it, and I <laughs> lay at night and think about it. It was so good. It's probably one of the best, most emotional video game experiences to ever exist. Well, I trust your judgment, so I'll just agree with you on that one. <laughs> I think you should watch Jacksepticeye's playthroughs of the first game, because I know you haven't seen or played that either. And then, and the then, play, and then play part two by yes. myself. Or have Kevin play them. As I've said before, he, I think he would love it. He would love that style of game. Well, he does need a new game. So um, the first one on my list is Soren. The ride is entirely skippable at any Disney park that you are at. Um, whether you're in Florida, whether you're doing the Soarin' Over California or Soarin' Over the World version, if it has any sort of weight, it's skippable. It's fun. It can be a good time. It's a simulator. It's a simulator ride. And the only thing that's really different is you're getting smells and your your feet are dangling over that. Um, I I prefer Soren over the world at this point, and I don't even think it was necessarily that great of an improvement. Um, I am actually quoted in a Business Insider article as saying <laughs> Soren is an entirely skippable ride, no matter where you are. Um, I don't understand the four-hour waits on normal days for it. I don't get it. Um, I can go on entire Disney trips and completely forget it exists. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you said everything I feel, but if you're at Disney World and you go in living with the land, all right, if you go in the land pavilion, you can only go on one ride there. Go on living with the land. Don't go on Soarin'. Living with the land is fun. You get to learn about plants and stuff. It's cool. Even though my friend Patrick, uh, does the safety video for Soarin', that's the best part. (laughs) Good old Patrick. Uh, my next unpopular opinion is Negan is an awful villain on The Walking Dead. And I know we've talked about how much we disappointed in The Walking Dead and haven't watched it for years, but Negan is the reason I stopped watching. Uh, I think he is the most textbook, stereotypical, mustache-twirling villain I've ever seen. The governor was a much better villain. Uh, And Negan was just evil for the sake of being evil. I don't care if he got more human after that. Like, he was bad. He was an awful villain. He didn't make me feel... I don't have to even agree with the villain to think they're a good one. There was just nothing to him, but... (laughs) I'm so bad, I just want to kill people. (laughs) He was snively whiplash. (laughs) Yes! I have zombies for that. I don't... I just He was the reason I stopped watching Walking Dead. I think he's an awful, terrible villain. I think the actor is a great actor. Oh, yes. Jeffrey Dean Morgan <laughs> is great. 
he did what he could with the part. Um, I think Negan has a fantastic aesthetic. I think in a video game, he would be a good villain. Oh, that is a very good point. He would um, be a good video game villain. I don't think he worked for the TV show, in my opinion, and it really did honestly make me see how good of a villain the governor was. Like, I, yeah. I, he did make me appreciate the, the governor. I will say, you know, again, I, I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. You're a fantastic actor. That's not on you. Um, and I do like the aesthetic. I think the aesthetic was cool. You know, got a bat with barbed wire on it. Like, it was cool. You got your leather jacket and all that. But, like, that doesn't necessarily just make a good villain. The next one I have on my list I can see is actually the third one on your list. So we can just do it at the same time because I know you agree. I don't like the TV show Friends. <laughs> I don't either. Even though I campaigned for Friends staying on Netflix because I know it's a lot of people's comfort show. And I understand the need for a comfort show. Yes. I have The Office, Parks and Rec, New Girl, uh, Community. Those were my comfort shows that I've watched a million times. But I think Friends is terrible. <laughs> I, I find it really boring and really cliche and I don't like it. And I, I'm yeah. so sorry because I know other people really, really love Friends. So it, this is one that it actually makes me feel bad to say I don't like. It, it makes me feel bad too. But, I have friends that absolutely love it. I don't tell them. I mean, they know I don't like it, but I'm not like, why do you like that? Because no. I fully believe in letting people love yes. what they love. And that is hard. That's true of all of this stuff we've talked about on the list. Like, by God, if Negan is your favorite thing that's ever happened in TV history, you do you. You enjoy it. You do a cosplay. You get the clothes, whatever. Like, that's for all of these. That is the caveat here is everybody, please enjoy everything that you really like. I just just don't watch Friends with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't like it. I just, even, I don't think it's aged very well. And even when it was airing in that time, I don't think it was, not that I need shows to be realistic, but I, it was just so out of proportion. Yeah. Like Rachel was like a waitress and lived in like this $4,000 a month looking apartment in New York City, like downtown Manhattan or whatever. (laughs) Like, just I just couldn't, I never connected with it in any sort of way. So that's our, our shared yep. popular opinion. Uh, my next one is about the end of Avengers Endgame, which I know is a hotly contested ending. As um, like The general ending of it, I think, is agreed to be very good. But there's one part of it that Captain America uh, went back in time, gave up his super life, superhero life, and lived out a life with Peggy. Uh, the internet popular opinion was that was unrealistic and didn't make sense. My in terms unpopular, of the, in terms of the time travel or the fact that he would choose to do it, <laughs> the fact that he would choose to go live a normal life with Peggy after everything he knew was going to happen, uh, because he went from like whatever year that was 2018, 2040, mm-hmm. 2030, he went he traveled time traveled back from there back to Peggy lived out a normal life with her as well. And I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I would 100% agree with that. Like, yeah, he knew everything that was going to happen. And guess what? He knew it turned out okay. And that yeah. the, 
the all, the other version of himself living in that time he had it handled he already he already done did it <laughs> so yeah i think i think it makes more sense if you've also seen homecoming where time already got messed up so much like even when they're on that airplane and there's that kid saying yeah my younger brother's older than me now and everything's really weird and they wouldn't just let us graduate like we all had to, they all everyone had to go that disappeared back. had to go back like start from where they were at 16 yeah. and it, there was another Captain America and he was doing cool. all the movies and all that stuff. And other Captain America was like, you know what? I did this crazy superhero life. I want to freaking live out a life with Peggy and have a normal life. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. And I think it makes it so sweet in the first Avengers when he talks to Peggy in like her mm-hmm. 90s. And she's, and she's in the like hospital. Very chill about it. Yeah, it makes it make sense because she's like oh, I'm, I'm glad I can give this piece to this version of you because, you know, I, you're probably down the hall or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> at this point. He went to go get a snack because he knew himself was coming. What, yeah. Did he actually go see her or did he call her? He went and saw her in the hospital. Okay. <laughs> but Cap has been doing what he was doing since day one for Peggy. Like, yeah, he yeah. has a sense of responsibility to the world and the greater good, and that's his character, but he's been doing it for Peggy. And you know what? Let the man go live his life and process his trauma. Yeah, and like he couldn't. Uh, we're way over time, but <laughs> all the shit that happened through those movies, he couldn't go back in time and change all that. He knew that. No, it would just get the, more messy. That's the point. He's got to let it play out because he knew he did. He did his work, man. He he proved he could pick up the hammer. Like he's he is worthy, and he's worthy of some rest. Yeah. So. It's, the same as Doctor Strange not telling Iron Man the one possibility mm-hmm. of everything turning out okay because he knew if he told him it wouldn't happen. Yep. And that's why when he when he dusted, he was telling Tony, like, I'm sorry. Not only I'm sorry you're gonna have to go through this, I'm sorry you're gonna have to die, because this is the one that this is what it is, but he just couldn't tell him at the time, you know. Yeah, or it wouldn't happen. Yeah. And then he told him in Endgame with his one little finger. <laughs> like, this was it. Oh, and it, that was a good and, moment. Oh, oof. That was Poor Doctor Strange. That was, needs to go process his trauma, thing. too. Yeah. <laughs> what a thing to carry. What a weight. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, anyway. I went over time. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, next one on my list. I was okay with the Game of Thrones Mad Queen storyline. I do think there were some in the last season, as we talked about, there were certainly some ways that that was implemented and put into play that were not great and were problematic. And the story itself really lost, they lost the plot. <laughs> Literally, they lost the plot. Um, but the idea of Danny's ultimate destiny being the Mad Queen, I am okay with that. Um, that's, it makes sense with stuff. It was one of the few things to me that made sense because of like things set up in the past seasons with her family, with her father, with, you know, all that. Like it's, I do understand the problematic nature of like she being the strong woman that the man then killed. And then, you know, I I fully get that, but ultimately her becoming the mad queen, I really didn't see any other outcome for her at the end. So that's, that's my opinion. (laughs) Uh, I agree. I was okay with the Mad Queen storyline. I wish we'd spent more time getting there. 
because I feel yeah. like she was very level-headed until like four episodes and then it all went down instead of uh, more gradual like I would have liked it. Uh, I still stand by if Arya had face changed into John and killed her instead. That would Yeah, I would have liked that a little better. better. <laughs> if Rhaegar had been the Night King also would have added to the <laughs> yeah. element of like why she became the Mad Queen. You know, we were missing yeah. some key pieces that made it would have made it what it needed to be but the the idea of her becoming the mad queen itself i was okay with yes the idea of it i agree was uh, a good story idea <laughs> uh my next one is very controversial <laughs> and i very much love julie andrews i would love to have tea with her i think she's a wonderful person but I think the movie Mary Poppins is a bad movie. <laughs> I think it's incredibly boring. I, it makes no sense. I find I don't like any of the songs. I think the kids are extremely annoying little shits. I don't understand the plot. <laughs> I will I will definitely agree with you that it's it's boring. It's always been boring to me. I would die for Julie Andrews, but like Yes, I would die for Julie Andrews. That movie's boring. I I can see the good elements of it. I can see why people like it. I don't like, what I think doesn't hold up now is like that the kid's mother out there being a suffragette is like played as that was bad because now she's away from home and all that stuff. So I, you know, I don't, I don't think that holds up, but I'll, I'll just go ahead and agree with you on that one. I also hate the sound of music. (laughs) But I love Julie Andrews. <laughs> Dang it, Julie Andrews. Um, <laughs> in a completely different type of film, I think The Village is a good film. A pretty pretty strong film, and I think it actually holds up well today. I know, you know, now at this point, M. Night Shyamalan, like, everybody knows what his shtick is. Like, everybody, you know, gets it. So the, the twists and stuff aren't, like, as unexpected. I think The Village is one of his best films i agree i think it's one of his best films i think it still holds up i think it doesn't it doesn't get all crazy in a bad way mm-hmm. i think it's a good twist it's a it's a good twist that was unexpected but also made sense i completely agree uh my next one was actually started with soren is a bad ride <laughs> but the other part of it was peter pan's flight is also as skippable and not needed <laughs> in any park ever. We might I fight just... in the parking lot about that. But <laughs> <laughs> really, do you like Peter Pan's flight? <laughs> no. Here's here's my star. The problem is that ride has such a low capacity and it gets like ridiculous wait times. And so, in the grand scheme of things, if especially if you and I are at the park together, there's other stuff to go do. I'll skip it. But in terms of like, I I love all the little fantasy land rides, which I know you do too. But I actually think Peter Pan might be one of my favorite ones just because of the novelty of the ship. And, but. Why did I not know this? <laughs> because Probably because it's always got a two hour freaking wait. <laughs> and we never go on it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but that's so funny but i will even if i disagree with you i completely see where you're coming from with it being skippable because two hour wait man two hour wait is not it doesn't make sense logically it's logically skippable 
<laughs> but you you disagree yeah. that it's a bad ride. Yes. I Fair. something about it. Something about it, man. You know, it's got a little a little place in my heart. Well, out of all the out of all the Fantasyland rides, we'll talk about Disneyland because in Magic Kingdom I'd argue you could just skip Fantasyland in general. Um, but Disneyland, <laughs> at Disneyland, what are, what's your favorite Fantasyland ride? Don't, yes, and, no. okay, I was going to say don't count Matterhorn. I know that is a Fantasyland ride. But, <laughs> uh, and Mr. Mr. Toad's Ch- Wild Ride. Mr. Toad's pretty bomb. In Disneyland, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, they don't yeah. Have it Disneyland is Mr. Toad in Magic Kingdom. Is it still there? Uh, no. Snow White? Oh, no. Snow White's now the uh, mine train. Oh no! Well, shit. Then I don't like anything in Fantasyland and Magic Kingdom. <laughs> Just, I like the little stand that serves the mac and cheese with the pork pulled pork on it. Yes, that's, I like that's in my Fantasyland. favorite Fantasyland attraction. <laughs> I guess I liked the carousel when I would go with uh, some friends at like yeah. 11 p.m. at night when we worked there, and there was no wait. Yeah, and we would go on the carousel. But what do I like in Fantasyland and Dis- in Disney World? I skip it. <laughs> nothing i don't like anything i walk through it to get to haunted mansion yes <laughs> that's about it <laughs> i like the the uh, tangled bathrooms <laughs> oh i, I like. love that tangled bathroom <laughs> it's a great bathroom <laughs> oh, disneyland fantasyland is far superior <laughs> uh, yes it has mr toad just for the sheer charm snow white scary adventures yes and it's just got- for the cheer the sheer trauma for the sheer trauma, yes. Um, the next one, we can actually just... We already basically did. Movie theaters do have a place in the streaming and post-pandemic era. Um, we'll do a whole other podcast on that. But I, I strongly am in the camp that they do have a place. Yes, I agree. Even though I said earlier that I'm not in a place to go to a movie theater right now and feel comfortable with it. But post-pandemic, uh, whenever that is. Yes someday i know it doesn't feel like it someday we will hopefully be in post-pandemic and i do think movie theaters have an important place yes uh, in that space uh my final one there's a lot of disney ones on here i just realized that too i think it's because we both worked there so you know we were around like really disney people all the time yeah so you get these debates so yeah so some of these people might be like i didn't know there was any opinion on that but yeah (laughs) there is (laughs) Uh, my next and final unpopular opinion is Tinkerbell is overused and overrated. I don't hate Tinkerbell. I think she's overused. I love when anything, literally anything else flies off any castle ever, (laughs) which barely happens. And I, with my little black soul, when I worked there, at least when I would watch fireworks and Tinkerbell would fly out and people like the whole crowd would be like, oh, and I was like, (laughs) this could be dumbo or this could be zero which both are way more magical than tinkerbell (laughs) yes i will i will agree i think she's overused and overrated like i get it she's basically the corporate symbol of disney at this point so like i understand that's probably where it's come from but um maybe the one positive side is that because she's so overrated that anytime they do have a different character fly from the castle it is absolutely like sob inducing because it's so beautiful. Like Dumbo wouldn't, you know, they had that, that one summer and they unfairly played baby mine while he was flying around. 
Oh, oh my God. Um, <laughs> zero, just because he's brilliant. And I still don't understand how they make him, you know, flutter like they do. Float, yeah. <laughs> which in Disneyland, I don't think they have zero anywhere but Disneyland, maybe Japan. But um, Disney World interesting, does not do anything but Tinkerbell. Interesting side note that the zero that you can see during Disneyland Halloween fireworks is the Dumbo. It is oh. the same, it's the same one um with just a like like a reskin um when i was most recently at disneyland which was now over two years ago i also got to see buzz lightyear fly which was oh even even with the to friendship and beyond cheese factor that he was like saying while he was flying oh oh my heart was brilliant so yes i'll agree with that um my last one which will wrap up with a disney one and we've gotten into the weird part of you know all of this I will, <laughs> I will take a stand first that cartoon characters are allowed to be attractive. You are allowed to find cartoon characters attractive, and that's not weird. Um, even if they are animals, like, you know, in Goofy Movie and that kind of thing. Uh, Beret Girl, who is actually named Mochaccino from an extremely Goofy Movie, she's quite attractive. Um, yes. <laughs> there are other ones. The one I will stand by that apparently is an unpopular opinion. When the live-action Aladdin came out, the actor that portrayed Jafar was quite handsome. Um, and there were people that were like baffled and saying things like, why is Jafar attractive? What is that about? And my weird little under 10 year old self will get in the camp of cartoon Jafar was also attractive. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I'm trying to think of a Disney villain that's not attractive. Frollo. Oh, yeah, Frollo's not attractive. Um, what other ones are? Hades? Hades is attractive. <laughs> Hades is attractive. <laughs> you know what? Ursula's kind of attractive. Yeah, um, she's got confidence for days. Yes. Maleficent, attractive. Uh, Scar, attractive. Scar is attractive. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was really attractive in those later iterations of Lion King? Kovu. The- yes. <laughs> What millennial was not attractive to Kovu as like a seven-year-old? Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other villains. I, you know, then there are like um, live-action movies that the villains are clearly attractive to. But I'm trying to think yeah. of other cartoon villains. Uh, I guess the villain in Mulan is not attractive. Sean Sean Yu. Sean Yu is not attractive. No, but uh, Mulan's attractive. Um, <laughs> she's not a villain, though. No, she's not a villain. I'm trying to think of uh, uh, who's the, the villain ones. in Princess and the Frog. Doctor Facilier, and yes, is attractive. attractive. <laughs> yes, I'm honestly. I guess we can wrap it with this. Just additional unpopular opinion. I am fine with and excited about uh, Splash Mountain moving into Princess and the Frog. I think Ooh, it's, agree. I'm I think so it's completely appropriate. Now, don't get me wrong. I adore Splash Mountain. And I know mm-hmm. Splash Mountain itself doesn't have the racist components of Song of the South in it. It's a wonderful, comforting, adorable ride. I love it. I will miss it. I will look back on it fondly. Um, but I am pumped that we are doing this as a princess in the frog ride in Disneyland. It's just going to essentially extend new Orleans square into critter country, which is my favorite part of the park anyway. 
the ride itself is obviously going to be the same. And I know, I guarantee the final lift hill is going to be friends on the other side with Dr. Yes, Fossilier. which will be so cool with um, the shadow, I bet. Yeah, and from the, the artwork, rather than the, the tree stump at the top, there's going to be a big willow tree, which will be beautiful. Uh, clearly, the boat at the end is still going to be there because it's in Princess mm-hmm. and the Frog. Like, this all, it kind of made me think, like, when we made Princess and the Frog, did we make sure the boat was in the movie because this was, like, already a, you know, a thought that we were going to go that way? We're going to get a big uh, Louis animatronic, the alligator. We're going to get more, hopefully, of, I think this should be post-Princess and the Frog, so Tiana won't be there in her frog form anyway. She'll actually be there as herself, I'm assuming. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I also do have the feeling they're going to keep Zippity-Doo-Dah in there. I bet that yeah. will still be at the end, but um, it's very likely it'll still be in there, or there'll be some like r- some rendition of it. Yeah, we'll it'll be. Somewhere. I bet it'll get worked into something. But the music from that movie is brilliant, and seriously, Doctor Fossilier, yes, grade A attractive. Up going up the lift hill with friends from the other side. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, it's got to happen. I don't. Th- I don't see them doing anything else. Yeah, or oh my gosh, can you imagine when you go down the um the dip inside the good drop that goes into the laughing place when it's all black light. Oh yeah. Oh, what if that's all friends from the other side? Oh. <laughs> this whole ride excited. should be friends from the other side. Yes. I don't, Tiana can be there too. Cause I love her, but like, can we just do like all of friends from the other side? Five minute ride of friends from the other side. Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> well, to wrap that up, <laughs> that's my last one. So yeah, I don't have any more right now, but I'm sure they will come up on future episodes forever. Yes. Unpopular opinions. So tell us if there are some of our opinions that we have that just actually induce you to rage or some that you super agree with or whatever your, some, some of your own unpopular opinions. But again, anything that you do enjoy, you know, please enjoy it to its fullest extent. Yes. Love it. You do you. Screw both of us. If you love Friends, if you love Mary Poppins, you go watch it right now. I won't be joining you. That's okay. Yeah, like anything <laughs> on here, if anyone posts, someone I know, someone I don't know, that's like, I love Mary Poppins or I love Friends so much because blah, blah, blah. Neither I'm of us are going to reply and be like, no, it sucks. Like, <laughs> obviously no. we're doing that in our podcast because that's our little space. But yeah, love what you love. 2020 sucks get enjoyment out of whatever you're getting enjoyment out of it doesn't matter if you love walking dead and we don't like that's an okay thing to disagree about (laughs) i we are not here for the gatekeeping in any form so the gate is open come on in you can share your opinions and we might disagree and that's okay yes the nerd (laughs) world is vast and large and there's many things you can love here even if we don't (laughs) yes well on that note I think that's everything for this episode. I just realized I've been talking definitely away from my microphone. So when I (laughs) upload this, hopefully it doesn't sound like garbage. Natalie's just yelling her unpopular opinions from the yard outside. (laughs) Yelling them into the void. Oh, that's what this podcast is. Yelling into the void. (laughs) That's the new description of it. (laughs) Yelling into the void. Yep. Oh, Well, go enjoy whatever it is you enjoy. (laughs) And we'll talk to you all in the next one. (laughs) Bye, nerds. Bye, nerds. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, okay. Our intro and outro music is courtesy of Sneaky Creaky on Yummy Sounds. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Nerd Ascended. You can also email us at nerdascendedpodcast at gmail.com. And ratings are always appreciated.